us to be and to develop that. And, uh, you know, Pastor Ralph started this series out a couple of weeks ago, and I preached last Sunday. And then today, Pastor Matt, who's fresh off the mission field, is going to come and share a word today. Amen? And, uh, well, we are blessed. I mean, give the Lord a hand for that. Amen? And uh, that we, we have this, this ability. And, uh, you know, I just uh, thank you for letting that happen. And uh, for being a church that responds to that type ministry, part of one of the things we're doing with our worship team was, is that we tag team our ministry as pastors, and we just feel like all the rest of our ministry should look that same way, that we ought to be giving that ministry away for the glory of God. Amen? Let's pray today as he preaches. In Jesus' name, I thank you for my brother in Christ, Lord, that you've brought to our faith family. Lord, he wasn't recruited. Lord, there was not any committee that went out and found him. But, God, you brought him and his family here for such a time as this in your kingdom. Now, I pray today that you anoint him, Lord, with fresh power. In Jesus' name, thank you for the lives that will be changed today and for people that's going to give their heart to you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Green light means on, right? Brittany, do you feel like coming up? You don't have to if you don't want to. You feel? I'll put you on the spot. You're okay? <laughs> Brittany knows me too well. <coughs> now, uh, anything you want to share about Pamplona, your experience? No pressure, but the Lord told me to call you up. First of all, I didn't didn't expect to be going on a mission trip anytime soon. And about, what, a couple weeks before we left, he calls me and says, Brittany, you're going to Peru with me. <laughs> okay? <laughs> How much is it? He goes, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it for you. But, um, uh, man, Pamplona is, it's really indescribable. Like, um... Pastor Adam, one of the guys who went down there with us uh, after the trip, he was like, how am I going to go back to my church and explain Pamplona? He said, all I can really say is, uh, man, we went to Pamplona. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but um, it's one of the poorest, I would say one of the poorest areas of Peru. I mean, really. Um, but right now, I wish I was back there. I wish I wouldn't have to come, have had to come back to America. Um when I got back, I was, um, sorry, y'all bear with me. Um, I was in that state of mind where I look around in America and I see, you know, all this wealth. And we have, we're like one of the, you know, top wealthiest countries ever. And uh, Pamplona has nothing. I just want to bring all this Peruvians from Pamplona here. <laughs> I just I can't stand to leave them where they're at. Um, I know I'll be going back, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, it just, it broke my heart to see them. I know it's hard, it's hard for y'all to comprehend um, what I'm feeling. I know y'all can see me crying and, you know, hear what I'm saying, but 
until you go down there, I mean, the pictures do no justice. Um, everything you can imagine, like the smells horrible, the uh, people are dirty, but they're, they're beautiful people. <laughs> they really are. It's, um, it's just heartbreaking to have to, uh, to come back and uh, live my life, you know, in wealth and, you know, we have everything we ever needed or wanted, and they're um, they're sleeping on the ground at night. They're uh, struggling for food. Under blue tarps. Yeah, under blue tarps and thatch roofs. Uh, but um, but yeah, I just I just ask that y'all just keep Pamplona in your prayers, um, and the teams that go down there that um, that will be able to keep sending people down there. To, uh, to help them. Let me brag on Brittany real quick. Brittany trusted the Lord enough to say, yeah, I'll go to Pamplona. And that's what it was. You, you don't just go because somebody asks you, you know, just because, you know, your, your friend or your pastor says, hey, go. You know, she, she sought the Lord, and she knew the Lord was calling her. Her mother, Marion is here, uh, trusted the Lord as well, and I admire that. And Brittany went, and and really didn't know what to expect. You know, like I said, you see a few photos, and, and we want to encourage you to see, look at those photos. But know that the photos are such a small glimpse into just a, uh, a small vision of what's on all around you, the sights and the sounds and the demonic influence and the spiritual attacks and all of that that you are wearing when you're walking around this area. But every time you look into a face, you see why Jesus Christ died. And every time you look into a face, you see nothing but love and trust for us. There's a word that they use, and Will, I know you've heard it, and Brad, you've heard it, Ralph and, and um, Miss Pat have heard it, and many of you guys, Tony has heard it, and it's esperada, esperada. It's a Spanish word, uh, but it's a Peruvian word in addition to Spanish. It's a very unique geographical word, kind of like y'all come back now, you hear, you know? It's just local to that, and it means we'll be waiting for you, esperada. But it doesn't mean waiting, it means we'll be waiting with expectation. And it doesn't mean we'll just be waiting with expectation. It means we'll be waiting, hoping, longing with expectation that you will come back, not to give me free lollipops and tennis shoes, but that you'll come back and teach me about Jesus Christ. Thank you for coming, my friend. You did fantastic. Amen. I didn't mean to put her on a spot like that. I'm sorry. That's, that's a rude thing to do, but... She was so awesome on the mission field. You know, there's nothing like her in Pamplona. I mean, red hair, tall, white. You're not hiding from anybody <laughs> in Pamplona. And, and everywhere you saw Brittany, these little kids were all over her like she was a, a jungle gym, you know. And, uh, and it, was just, it was just beautiful to see. It really was. It was beautiful to see her heart. Brittany reminds me of my wife. Uh, she's very, uh, boom, hey, baby. Um, yeah, meaning she'll, she may get a little emotional, but you don't see the open, you know what I mean. She just, some people are like that. And, uh, and I saw the Lord settle in on Brittany in that worship service in the upper room. And I've never, and, and that God just came in. Let me just brag on our Lord for a minute, guys. Let me just brag on Jesus before we get into the Word. 
we asked that God would come in. And we're the business of these mission trips. We're going off about three hours of sleep for about a week. And we're just half drunk with delusion and the Holy Spirit. And we're just giggling and all this stuff. And we said, we've got to, we've got to seek the Lord. We've got to worship the Lord. And we go and Pastor Marco uh, plays the guitar and we sit down and we, we get through a few worship songs and all of a sudden God said, that's enough. And he shows up and every one of us just break down like never before. And we wept and wept and wept. I don't know how long we wept, but it was, it was just amazing. If I could have died right then at that moment, I would have. If I had a choice, I felt like Paul. You know what I mean? If I could go, let me go. You know, I'm homesick. I mean, right then, this is just a taste of the presence of heaven. If I was just hiding in a cliff of a rock and he passed by me, I would want to jump on that train at that moment because the presence of God was so strong. And it wasn't, God spoke to me later in the plane ride coming back. It wasn't just because we were on a mission trip. It wasn't because we were exhausted. It wasn't because we were emotionally drained. God says, you know, Matthew, it should be that way every day. Every day. And he reminded me of the good report back home that Pastor, Pastor Brad had told me. When I talked to Brad. He said, three people got saved today, Sunday, here at Family of Grace. Amen. And I don't know because I've been gone, but if you were here last week and you got saved, praise God. You have a church family in South America that celebrated that good news. Because I got off the phone. I told Marco, and we were walking, and he stopped. He said, what? Okay. Three people got saved, hallelujah, and he, he got just like he led you to Christ. Amen. That's what it's like to belong to a church family. If you've never belonged to a church family, that's what it's like. I belonged to churches before. This is a church family. That's a unique deal. The gentleman that gives us the house to stay in while we're down there, we had one of those very real moments where we sit down, it's late at night, he leans across the table and he says, now tell me really why you're here. That's when it gets real. You better believe in what you're doing when it gets face to face. And I just told the truth. And at the end of the story, while we're there, he was just, what else can I do? What else can I give you? And what did he say when he prayed for us? I want to bless you forever. 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 That's the heart of God. That's what I want to preach about today. What, what is the heart of God? The heart of God loves us enough to give us an empty tomb to speak about. You see, we are the only religion that has that empty tomb to speak about because the empty tomb speaks loudly to us. The empty tomb shouts from the depths of the earth and the very oracles of heaven and into your heart that I am alive. I am alive, the empty tomb speaks. I am alive, the empty tomb speaks. The empty tomb doesn't just speak, oh, he's gone. The story says the Romans took him. Man, don't believe that. The empty tomb says, I came, I fulfilled the scripture right down to the letter. And you matter. It's all for you. It's all about you. Now, I've instituted my church. Get involved in a church. Get connected with the church because I'm coming back for the church. I'm coming back. The empty tomb says that. Oh, what is religion? It's a man-made thing. Oh, what is this and what is that? Guys, let me tell you, don't get wrapped up in petty arguments. Accept Jesus as your Savior and get fed with the Word of God. My new believing brothers, Brad, I heard today Brad's going to do a, a discipleship class. Whoo, man, you got to run to that. You got to know you got to need that. You know what I mean? You don't just join the army and they put you on a plane and send you to Afghanistan next week. 
you go to the army and they train you up, brother. Right? They tighten you up. They let you understand what's up. And then God begins to put these things in your path and take care of you along the way. Equip you and arm you and protect you as he sends you forth. Jesus, Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, beginning in verse 13. The crucifixion has happened. The body has been taken down. The blood of Christ soaked into the soil in Jerusalem and sits today redeeming the world. The holy, precious blood. The body has been wrapped. Jesus has been laid into the tomb. Let me pause for just a minute before we get reading. You know what I like? I like that pause right before. You know that moment where time stops. And you can point to that moment. And it's like an eternity. Y'all ever have those moments? It's right before that first kiss. And you, you know what I mean, right? Right before, there are no kids in here, right? The time stops. And it can last forever. You know? It's right, you ever wake up in bed? And you're getting ready to start that day, that exciting day, whatever, whatever it is, going on vacation. For me, it's I just wake up and go, I woke up. <laughs> you know? And, you, and there's that pause right before you go. You ever get a brand new car and you drive away and you get out of it for the first time? And you stop and you do this. Yeah, my car. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? That pause. Let's take a minute and just talk about that pause of Christ. When life came back into that lifeless body of his. And those eyes sprang open. He commanded that stone to roll away. And light shone in that empty tomb. That wasn't just light into an empty tomb. I mean into a dark tomb. That was light into a dark heart. You see we have it backwards many times in this world today. We walk around with a heart that should be full of Christ. But instead it's empty. We walk around and we focus on tombs that are full of sorrow and bitterness. Tombs that are full of death and destruction and broken lives and broken families and broken promises. We walk around looking at it backwards. This morning, take a pause. And remember that time at which you decided to accept Christ. Bring you back to the joy of your salvation. For me, I was a 15-year-old boy. Cook Baptist Church, and Cooktown Road in Ruston, Louisiana. That short, bald, fat preacher. And I said, I'd never be one of them. <laughs> God has a sense of humor, huh? <laughs> that, that pastor said, that wonderful man of God <laughs> said, if you believe in Jesus as your Savior, Raise your hand. If you're not ashamed, raise your hand. I was 15. I ain't been scared of nothing. He says, now, I'm going to ask you to do something. Come down here and make it public. And I had that pause. I remember that pause. 
And I remember all of a sudden the power of the Lord welled up in me. And I said, I'm not scared of what my mama's going to say when I go home. What my friends are going to say. What my family's not going to understand. I'm not scared of what my classmates are going to say when I walk down the halls of Ruston Hall. I don't care what my coworkers are going to say. I don't care. And that pause, I open my eyes and I walk down that aisle. And I know that when Christ was laying in that stone slab and life came into his body and he opened his eyes and he paused there for a second. He said, let's go. <laughs> Amen, let's go. And he got up and he did his, and he went to, hit, to work. That day, that very day, verse 13 says, two men were going to a village of Emmaus. It was about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking to each other about these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Ain't that cool how you can do that? And he said to them, What is this conversation you were holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking all sad and boudin. From Lafayette, that's what you say. <laughs> and one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem who does not know these things that has happened on these days? And they said, oh, and he said to them, What things? And they said, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man that was a prophet, mighty indeed, and the word of God and all of the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. And, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Now let me stop right there. This is something the Lord spoke to me. But we had hoped he was the one. There's many times we're going to get in life and we're going to get on the movement of but we had hoped. Oh, I'm going to join that church because I like the music but I don't like what he preached. We had hoped that was a place my family would get involved. We're going to go around and we're going to search churches for the best playground and for the best youth program and who takes their kids all over the United States and maybe feed homeless soup along the way but go to the ball games. We're going to look for a place to do that and then sudden doesn't work out, but we had hoped that was the place for us. Guys, let me tell you, know the scriptures, know the word of God, have them deep in your heart so that when he comes up to you and wants to fellowship with you, your eyes don't have to be blinded. Now, you don't have to say, but we had hoped this was how it all worked out. We had hoped we'd get this. We had hoped I'd get this attention or this position. We had hoped we'd have all this. No, my dear friend, my dear brother and sister, you are serving in the, in the work of the Lord, and if your job is to come and, and add uh, markers to the wall, if it's to clean the floor, if it's to provide food on Wednesday night, if it's to pick up trash, if it's to preach the gospel, you don't have to say we had hoped God would be the one. You'd have to say, I know Christ is it, and He has promised that He is going to fulfill His promises, and He will because He is God. God filled over 450 promises that I've got written. Are they outside? They're on a the table outside. I want you to pick them up, take them home with you when you leave. I didn't bring them in because you'd be feeling the fiddle of those. I would be anyway. Writing notes to each other. He said, kiss in church. So they're outside for you to pick them up and take home with you and read them. God fulfills his promises. Please don't be saying, but we had hoped this religion thing would have worked out. I'd hoped that when I got baptized, it'd all be better. I'd hoped when I go to church, I would never have financial or physical health problems again. I had hoped that by showing up to church, this would be all right. 
yes, it all gets better, and we win in the end. Let me just cut to the chase, last chapter of the book, and tell you, we win in the end. But it is a process. My wife and I talked about that last night. Just kind of a quick vision of 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And we laughed because we're right where God, where we wanted to be 10 years ago, but we sure didn't plan on it happening this way. <laughs> and when we, we said 10, 20 years from now, we know we're going to be right where God wants us to be, but it's sure not going to be how we're planning it. He's in the business of doing that. All right. That was extra. We had, okay. More, um, let's see. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, he is now, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, and they did not find his body. They came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those with us went to the tomb, and they found it just as the, woman had, as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Jesus is speaking. And when I read this, I almost have a broken voice and a touched heart. As Jesus says, oh foolish ones. And that word foolish doesn't mean in a bad way, like you fool. It means like you, you unaccepting of the truth. You know what I mean? Not, not, not in a mean you fool, but in a brokenhearted you have we're so close you had it you were so close it says oh you foolish ones and slow of heart to believe that all the prophets have spoken was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter, enter into his glory and beginning with Moses and all the prophets he interpreted to them all the scriptures and the things concerning himself so Moses, you got to love Moses as Jesus is referencing him right here. Moses comes down from the mountain with the very Ten Commandments to give to God. The very stone tablets that God himself etched in stone so they wouldn't be lost, so they wouldn't be blown away by wind and time and consumed by fire or any of these things, but stone tablets that this man carried the burden of that heavy weight not up the mountain, but down the mountain. Not that we would have to ascend to him, but that he would ascend to us. He brought this to the people. And as they get close, they say, what is that? Are they having a party? A victory celebration? Is there singing and dancing? And you know the scriptures. Moses said, oh no. There's something worse. They get down and there's just drunken debauchery. All the people have gotten with Aaron and given all their gold and they sold their souls for a golden calf. And they gave all the golds, their earrings and jewelry. And by the way, you know how big this calf was? About this big. How foolish now, looking back at that. Probably about this big. You know, we pictures have this big golden calf. It's not, it's not accurate. It's, you melt the gold, formed it with a big toy. And they were celebrating that. And Moses wept. Moses tried to intercede for the people. Moses said, God, take my life and not theirs. Take my life and not theirs. 
Jesus being greater than the prophets gave his life so that you can live. They had to die. You can choose to live. What kind of love is that? What kind of love of a father is that? He went on to talk about the prophets and explain the prophets to him. We'll just kind of stick with Isaiah. Isaiah profited that he'd be born of a virgin. Isaiah 7.14 Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold the virgin shall conceive and have a son. Isaiah 40.3 The voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way in the Lord. And Matthew 3.3 3, Speaking of John the Baptist For it is he who the, vo- who the prophet has spoken through Isaiah. Isaiah 9 through. 9, 1 and 2, in Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen the light. Matthew 2, 23, and he came and dwelt with them in the city of Nazareth. He was a Galilean. Isaiah 42, uh, 1 through 3, behold my servant whom I shall uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I put... Um, I put my trust, and then Matthew 12, uh, 17, that he might be fulfilled, that it was spoken by the Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant, who I have chosen. Psalm 118, the stone in which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And Acts 2, 11, it is a stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Isaiah 35, 2-6, Isaiah pro- uh, prophesied that that this coming Messiah would perform miracles. They said, "They shall see the glory of God and exceeding and exceedingly in our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees, so that those who are fearful-hearted will be strong and have not fear. And the eyes of the blind shall be open, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped." In Matthew, the blind receive sight, chapter five, and the lame walk, amen. And the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead will rise up. And the poor will have the good news. We could go on and on and on. And I've given a copy of this for the sake of time for you to take home. And I want you to read it. Be broken and marvel. Marvel. A God has fulfilled every prophecy. Is this God real? There is no other God like it. There is no other God like it. I used to work in substance abuse counseling for years. And they would say, choose a God of your understanding. Anybody ever heard of that? Because a power greater than yourself, whatever it may be, the oak tree outside can restore you to sanity. Guys, I'm here to tell you that is wrong. It is wrong. Buddha cannot save you. Buddha may give you a good funny joke or read in the back of a fortune cookie. You know, every now and then it says that wasn't chicken. That's pretty funny. But that can't save you. Jesus Christ can save you. He came to fulfill the scriptures. And he did. But they heard, oh, So they drew near their village in which they were going. He, act, he acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward the evening day, and the day is far apart. So he went up to stay with them. And he was at the table with them, and he took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. He is so cool. 
And they said to each other, did our, not, did our hearts not burn while he was with us? And he talked to us on the road while he opened up the scriptures to us. And they rose that same hour and they returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those that were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And he has told what has happened on the road. And they told what had happened on the road. And he has known to them when they began to break the bread. And you got to know that when Jesus sat at that table, and their eyes began to realize, and the clarity, that moment of clarity happened, and he took that bread and he broke it, and they saw those hands. Amen. He took that bread and he broke it. And they saw those hands. And they knew they couldn't stay where they were. That's a message to us. If you see this our hands of Christ and feel them in your heart. Woe to you for staying where you are. Woe to us for staying where we are. It's not just about the excitement of going around the world preaching the gospel. Because the, preacher, the people around the world who heard about you that got saved last week celebrated as though they had won a million dollars. Because to them who have nothing but the promise of salvation... That was the best day in their life, other than the day they accepted Jesus. If you are a believer, and I revealed the scripture to you, and Christ has spent time in worship, he symbolically today has revealed and made it clear to you, the nail-scarred hand. You don't have to poke your finger in his side. You don't have to see a miracle manifest itself, right? If that's what you want, We'll pray to God to do it for you. Second it. If you want God to be real to your heart, allow him to speak truth into your life. And be, and be honest with him. By honest, I mean knowing that what he may say to you may not be what you want to hear, but it's for his glory. Pastor Marco has a friend. I'll say it again. Pastor Marco has a friend, an amigo, a friend companion, a brother of his that used to be a recruit of the uh, oh, can't think. I, I actually knew the Lord was going to strike this guy's name from my mind today, Pablo Escobar South American drug lord in the 80's and early 90's Pablo Escobar would send teams of bandits and banditos out into these villages and he would recruit these young men bring them to his compound and train them how to be killers their whole life. He was building a horrible empire. And he took this man uh, when he was 11 years old, taught him how to shoot guns, taught him how to throw grenades, taught him how to make bombs, taught him how to kill innocent people. And they would go through these villages, and what they would do, their job was to, to uh, take over farmland. You know, Peru is an incredibly rich, soil-rich uh, country, and you can grow all kinds of stuff really good. So they would just take over this farmland. This man's son was a believer. This, excuse me, this young man was a believer, knew Jesus Christ, follower of Jesus Christ. The father wasn't. And this young man went to stop this man that Pablo Escobar had recruited. Two young men about the same age, teenagers, late teenage years, had a head-to-head moment in time. Young man said, this is my family's farmland. And Brother Brad, we've been there. You know, those little terraces and cultivated you know, lands that are uh, separated just by cobblestone to mark out what your land is. 
and we've been there. We've seen this. And this young man stood there in defiance and said, no, this is my father's land. You are not going to grow cocaine on it. It is our land. You cannot have it. What you are doing is wrong. But let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says there is a better way. Jesus Christ says there is life after death. And this guy pulled out a gun and was going to shoot him in the head. And he says, you may kill me, but I'm going to live forever. And if I live forever, that all you did was just bring me closer to my Savior. What you're doing is wrong. Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and turn you away from right now. God pulled the trigger. And the young man's body lay dead. Years later, Escobar is killed, captured and killed by the U.S. helped do that. And the father of that man that was killed, that teenage boy was killed, saw his son's killer. They had him lined up for execution in that very village. And that father became a believer because of his son's life. That father looked at that man who pulled the trigger and said, you've got three hours to wait because if I allow them to kill you, I'm no better than you. But before you run, I want you to know you can never run from Jesus Christ. And as you run, I pray that God would chase you down. And I pray that God would catch you. And I pray that the empty tomb would speak into your life. And he blessed that man. That man today, that man today goes to prisons throughout Peru preaching about the empty tomb. Because of that man's life that was spared because of a father that gave his life to Jesus Christ. That said, my son did not die in vain. I choose not to look at that grave full of bones of my son and be full of bitterness. But I choose to look at that grave of my son and say, there is hope in Jesus Christ. That is an empty tomb, my friend. There is nothing but bones in there. My son is live with Jesus Christ in heaven. My son is in life. And dear friend... That man received forgiveness. He has received forgiveness. And let me tell you, if you were saved sitting here this morning, all you want to do is go tell people about Jesus. There's not enough planes that can hold the churches in America to send us out around the world. There's not enough taxi cabs that we can get in to go around the corner and tell people. There's not enough bicycles that I can get on and ride and tell people about Jesus. You can't buy enough shoes to put on my feet to go tell people about Jesus. we got to do it. Because if I can forgive... One man, and that man can take that redeemed life. He can forgive many more than I can ever reach. He See, that murderer, that assassin, has the authority to walk in a prison that I can never go into. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> what you going to do with me in a prison in South America? You know what I mean? But you take that guy, and they know his reputation. They know who he worked with. They knew what he did. He's got something to say. They're going to listen to him. Yeah. And he sits him down. He says, amigo, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You may be in jail, but I know how you can be free. <laughs> you, you may have a heart full of hate and bitterness, but let me tell you, that heart can be empty, and it can be full of light because there's an empty tomb that Jesus got up out of. And I want you to know that you can be forgiven from your sin and that God can heal you of your wicked ways. And if you just seek Jesus Christ and you go to your knees in repentance and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And get out of this prison.
Oh, your body may die here. That's so what? You may get out of this prison. Because there's a guy named Paul who was a murderer. And he was a sinner. And he thought he was better than everybody else. But one day, he was on walking on a road. He's on, on a road. And Jesus Christ met him. For him, it was Damascus. For Cleopas and his friend, it was road to Emmaus. For me, it was Cook Baptist Church, Cooktown Road, Ruston, Louisiana. For you, it may be 1904 Bolton Avenue. Right here today. Wherever your road is, Jesus is walking with you. Jesus is walking with you. The empty tomb shouts loudly from the cold depths of earth, the very oracles of heaven. He is risen. He is ridden indeed. Father, I pray that you would bless us this morning. God, that you would touch our hearts. God, that you would forgive us for our sins. Thank you for interceding for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for interceding for me. Thank you for not staying in that grave. Thank you for the life of Marco and his friend, cold-blooded killer. Now an on-fire soul winner. Thank you for the heart of a father that would allow his son death to see the glory for, for many. God, I pray if there's anyone here that has not given their life to you, let today be the day. Let them not have a long pause. Let them come down to the altar. Make it public. If there's anyone here, God, that is looking for a ministry to get involved in let today be the day that they want to come alongside and saddle up with family of grace contribute to reaching the lost Lord help me be a good husband and a good father help me be all that you created me to be so you get the glory